You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fertinsky. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten. I am joined by my co-host, Kevin Fertinsky, my older brother, my comrade, my colleague. Kev, how happy are you right now that the Bills beat the Ravens? Oh, it was so stressful, but obviously thrilled this Monday, victory Monday. <clears throat> Three of four, you know, happy to be a Bills fan right now as we continue this hopefully amazing season. It's an amazing feeling to win a game like that, especially when we're sitting on the couch, we're watching the game, and the Bills were atrocious in the first half. Just brutal. That start was about the worst start they could have ever had, and they managed to come out of the first half, 20 to 10, which truthfully wasn't that bad considering how awful they looked. And the second half, the Bills just went nuts. They shut down Baltimore. They shut down Lamar Jackson. Once again, they've done it before and they did it again. And they end up winning 23 to 20, scoring a heck of a lot of points unanswered. I believe they scored 20 points unanswered. They were down 20 to 3 during the first half. So if that's not resiliency, I don't know what is. If that doesn't show what this Buffalo Bills team is made out of, I don't know what does. Because I look at that game and I go, wow, that is a, that is a team that is built to succeed. That is the difference between a good team and a great team. A good team probably doesn't win that game, but a great team finds a way. You got to be pleased, right? What do you think of the coaching? I thought it was excellent in this, especially in the second half. I think we made some really, really impressive adjustments on defense, especially. I mean, obviously, we came out of the gate. We just weren't we weren't ready to play, which is definitely a concern. The fact that we come out and we score you know, three points through the first 39 minutes was definitely a concern. The fact that Allen sort of eked his way into the game, the interception, I I know it was tipped, but it wasn't a great decision. There was a few questionable throws in a row, and, and obviously that one that led to the interception. But I still love our coaches. The game management the time, the clock management at the end of the game was terrific. To not give Baltimore even one second to come back in the game, I love that. The fact that Singletary went down, not scoring the touchdown really helped, and then pushed, Allen getting pushed to the one yard line, that was huge to not give Baltimore, Baltimore the ball back. Again, you saw Baltimore's mistakes coming down the field, they had an opportunity to kick a field goal to go 
to go up with four minutes left, and they decide to go for it on fourth and goal, which was definitely a questionable, a questionable call in my opinion. And then McDermott makes just all he pushed all the perfect buttons. And you may say, oh, you know, the pass, the roughing the passer call was somewhat <laughs> questionable. But to me, that was building over the course of the game where Allen was working the refs how many times he got hit in the head and they finally made the call. To me, it was the perfect drive. The coaches, Leslie Frazier did a heck of a job in the second half where Baltimore didn't score a point. I thought he was really mixing things up in the second half, confusing Lamar. And ultimately, we shut them out. We were able to get, you know, 13 points, which we'd like to see our offense clean some things up. That's for sure. There's some, there's some room to grow there, especially in our running game. You know, we're not seeing a whole lot of production from any of our running backs. But overall, I think we know what we have in, in Sean McDermott. He's an upper echelon coach <clears throat> who I think can take us take us to the Super Bowl. I trust McDermott wholeheartedly. I, I really do. I think he's a guy that we can trust. I think we can rely on. I mean, he's taken a, a disastrous franchise and turned it into a perennial playoff team and now pretty much a perennial Super Bowl contender. So it, there's really nothing to complain about. I like that you did speak specifically about time management because – in the past, he's had some errors, but this game was just incredible. And this was against a good Ravens team, a Ravens team that is coached extremely well. And I would say they got outcoached. I think the Bills outcoached them. So, you know, that's a big plus too. That's something that we haven't always seen, but it's it's definitely something that I'm, I'm starting to get used to and, and I like it. Moving on to our first true segment to talk more specifically about some players from the game. We got stock up, stock down. Who who are we picking? Who are we buying? Who are we selling? What are we seeing? You know, what, what are we impressed with? What are we not impressed with? I want to start with stock down. Even though it's called stock up, stock down. I want to start with the negatives and work our way to the positives. Just the way the bill started horribly and ended great. Doesn't matter how you start. It's all about how you finish. And I feel like a broken record, but I gotta say it again. Stock down, Zach Moss. I I I swear to God, this this is a new segment, and I honestly I feel like I'm gonna be saying Zach Moss stock down for the rest of the season until they stop playing him. And even then, I could be saying stock down because he's not warming up the bench nicely enough. So for me, I just don't see what the coaching staff sees. I just don't see it. I don't understand. Is there something I'm missing, Kev? Is there, is there something there that, that I'm not seeing that I should be seeing? Is there something that he brings that, that both Cook and Singletary don't bring? Because I have yet to see it. I don't like seeing Moss on the field. I don't know what it is. They don't trust James Cook. They're, they're really not letting James Cook play. I don't know if it's the fumble he had on his first carry He's not practicing well. I don't know what, just that he's a rookie. They don't trust him at this moment. We saw that sort of with Gabe Davis for years where they just wouldn't play him. They sat him on the bench in favor of guys way past their prime like Emmanuel Sanders. To me, Zach Moss hasn't shown 
any sort of burst. I know he had one, he's had one or two decent runs this year, but overall, I find that almost every time he loses yardage, not only does he not gain anything, he seems to lose yards. The guy, it, it feels like 98% of his carries are for two yards or less. I, I don't know. To me, let James Cook play. The guy can be electric. I know he had a drop ball in the rain. They might not trust him. They don't want him to lose confidence by fumbling. I don't know what it is, but to me, you drafted this guy high up. Can we not see him play? At least give him a chance. He's got speed. You, you say he's got great hands out of the backfield to catch the ball. I, I don't understand why Zach Moss is sort of the, the, the number two running back. I think James Cook should be the number two. And they're just not letting, they're not giving him a chance. That's my issue I have. Let James cook. Let him cook. Let him go. Give him a chance. It's it's true. We have not really given him an opportunity. And yes, has he looked amazing when he's played? I mean, it's hard to say. It's It's such a small sample size. What I can say is there was a play that he made um, last game, I believe where he showed this juke move that I just have not seen since LaShawn McCoy. He caught it and he got, I don't know, eight, nine yards. What was impressive is the move he made, the cut he made, the agility he showed me is something that we do not have on this roster. And for that reason alone, he needs to be given more opportunities. Don't get me wrong. Devin Singletary has looked a lot better out of the backfield than he ever has. Two games now in a row where he's had really impressive receiving stats. And not just the stats, but if you actually watch the games, the yards he was getting were in crucial plays. Third down plays, second and longs. He was making big plays to get first downs. He was bruising bodies, doing whatever he needed to do. And that's something that I love. And and it looked a little like Devin Singletary at the end of last season. So that's great. But we have a backup running back to me in James Cook. And I don't know why we continue to bother with Zach Moss. I'd like to also talk about two stock ups I have. Matt Milano and Ken Dorsey. Matt Milano. I mean, I don't even know if I really need to say stock up. Matt Milano is a guy who I don't even know if he needs to be talked about as a stock up. Because he's just always been really good. We haven't seen any issue with him ever. He's continuously been incredible. He continues to impress. And again, in this game, it's the timing of his big plays. It's the timing. They're impact plays. It's like what we see with Vaughn Miller. They're impact plays. They're when we really need them. And that is something that just blows my mind. you have a running back on third and two and he jumps in and he's able to make the tackle. That's really where I'm at in terms of Matt Milano. I think that he's truly the center of this defense, even though he isn't the middle linebacker, even though Tremaine Edmonds is making the calls, it's Matt Milano running this defense. Whether you want to believe it or not, this guy is the key piece. And if we didn't have him, we'd be in big, big trouble. Just like Micah Hyde puts us in, in you know trouble, I think we see the same thing with Matt Milano. I think he's one of those core players that you just cannot really truly 
go anywhere without. And to me, what we have seen from him year in, year out, is the guy gives it his all and he doesn't make mistakes. And boy, oh boy, what about his open field tackling? Took down Lamar Jackson multiple times. I have watched enough of Lamar Jackson to see how many guys he's burned. How many linebackers he's burned. He didn't burn Matt Milano even once. He burned Tremaine Edmonds. He burned Hamlin. He burned a lot of guys on our team. But he definitely even burned Greg Rousseau. But he didn't burn Matt Milano. Kev, I'll let you talk a little bit about Ken Dorsey. Because to me, it's another stock up. I think what he's doing is is showing that he's willing to let Josh Allen cook. And I love it. I loved when he showed his heart last week by throwing all the do- all his pages, temper trends. To me... The fact that he cares that much about our team makes me have more confidence in it. And I'm sure it endears him to the players too. And yeah, of course, you have to let Josh Allen throw. I mean, we saw one point in the game where Zach Moss had a couple carries in a row and you're down to third and eight, which was, you know, hopefully he learns from those mistakes. But in the second half, when we need a play, let Josh Allen, let him play. If he needs to run, he has to run. If, he, if it's a throw, then great. But to me, it's, it's all about Josh Allen. This team, he didn't specifically say it, but Josh Allen's stock, I mean, it keeps going up. Another fourth quarter game-winning, game-winning drive to add to his resume. You know, we'd seen 20 straight games of 10-plus point wins. It was kind of nice to see us win a close game because so many people are talking about, oh, the Bills, they can't win close games. It was kind of getting tiring already. You kind of wanted to see us win one of those close games because we've seen us lose a bunch in recent memory. You know, obviously Miami, Kansas City to end the season last year. It was starting to, to build up in, I think, our memories and probably the players as well. They didn't want to hear it anymore. They We needed to come out with that win more than just that game. This is going to propel us again in close games for the rest of the season and hopefully deep into the playoffs. That sort of ability to close out a close game is so important in the NFL. You are not going to win every game by 10 plus points. While it's great to do, definitely going to happen. We're going to have close games. We're playing good teams. We got Kansas City coming up, you know, not next week, but in two weeks. you got to figure that's going to be a close game. So you have to be able to win those close games. I'm thrilled that Josh Allen is our quarterback. There's no one else in the league I'd rather have as my quarterback. And I think we can win, win the close game when it matters. Believe in Josh. That's what the motto is of this season to me. you got to believe in the guy. Because our running game probably won't be there. And it's okay. And our receivers are going to drop balls. We have we saw a lot of that this week. Now, some of that goes to the rain. Some of that, to me, is a lack of focus. But Josh found a way. You know, his stat line doesn't look so great. It doesn't jump off uh, the screen. It doesn't jump off the paper. But he won the game. That is the difference. He found a way to win. 
it's it's one of those things where you will need to see that to know a player is great, to know he could be that superstar quarterback. You need to see that guy take that step forward and win close games. It's important. You just talked about it. You can't blow out every team. It's not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen in the playoffs. I know it happened with New England, but it's probably not going to happen most of the time. You have to know how to win close games. You have to know how to get that extra inch when you need it. And Josh is always pushing for the extra inch. He's a football player through and through. He might have gotten his big contract and you can say all you want. Oh, he's making so much money. Maybe he doesn't care anymore. This guy cares. Josh Allen cares. Stock up, 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 up. This is like GameStop. GameStop. Just keep buying. Because Josh Allen's stock is going to keep rising, baby. Let's move on to the tweet of the week. It actually should be called this week. It should be called Tweets of the Week. Because I actually have three tweets to refer to. Number one, and, and all of them come, we'll, we'll call them, these are, these are, and they were called freezing cold takes because these are takes during the first half, okay? These are, these are funny. We have Buffalo about to get ran out of the stadium, Bubba. They some huff, the Huffalo Bills. Next one. This one's simpler. Bills are frauds. Sorry, they're not frauds. And the last one, Dolphins broke the Bills. Hmm, interesting take. Doesn't look like they broke the Bills. If anything, they pumped them up even more. In the past, we have had games where we played good teams that were, we'll call it broken, that were beat in games that they should have won. And the next week when we play them, I'm always more nervous to play them because that team wants to get revenge. They want to bounce back. So to me, thank you very much, Miami. I think you lit a fire under our ass. And I think the Bills are not going to be making those kinds of mistakes ever again. They ain't going to lose a close game like that ever again. I think that it humbled the team. I think it was good for the team. I'm not happy about it, but I think it was good for the team in terms of the long run. We also should not forget, and I talked about this with you, Kev, the other day. Right after the game, we talked about this. The Bills were not very good for the majority of last season. Midway through the season, we didn't even think they were making the playoffs. And then immediately when we entered the playoffs, we started thinking we were a caliber, you know, sorry, Super Bowl caliber team. And that is exactly what we are again. And if we have bad games early on, get it out of your system now. Get it out of your system before it can really hurt you. We didn't lose again from the Kyler Murray, Hale Murray game until Kansas City. We, we rattled off however many games in a row, seven or eight in a row, we rattled off after we lost the Hale-Murray game. So maybe this Miami game will have that same sort of effect. And I know it's, it's still early in the year, but it just was such an ugly way to win just with the injuries and the heat and everything that hopefully it's going to make our focus level better for a good chunk of games. I think that's a good take. I I do think that this Dolphins game is one of those like perfect lesson learned type of situations. And Sean McDermott loves that stuff, right? He loves to be able to, to get on the team and say, hey, you guys think you're so good? Well, 
He had just lost the Miami Dolphins in brutal fashion. You better pick it up and learn. And they, you know, yes, they had a, a bad first half against the Ravens, but they picked it up. The team came together. The team picked it up. We still have injury issues, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But this is one of those teams. This is one of those situations where you have a chance to turn around a season. Well, turn around. You have a chance to really lay a foundation and really build off of something. And, and I think the Bills did it. Moving on to our final segment, essentially, of, of, the, of the night. We're going to talk about the upcoming game. Bills are taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, which are not much of anything anymore. They're pretty much a sack of potatoes now. I'm not entirely concerned about them. I think really what we need to talk about, first things first, let's talk about the injuries. The Bills are still plagued with injuries. They still have issues. Jordan Poyer, I think, is okay out of that game. It looked like he was fine. But they've sustained some more injuries, particularly at the receiver position. And is it a disaster that we've lost Isaiah McKenzie potentially for a week or two with a concussion? No, it's not. But it's just picking and picking at our depth. Because now if another guy goes down, we're in big trouble. Let's talk about that, Kev. You know, are you concerned? Yeah, of course it is a bit of a concern. McKenzie is lost. It seems to me that Gabe Davis is clearly not working at 100%. And with Kumaro gone, who do you have left, right? You have Diggs, Davis, who's, who's hobbled. And then you now have the rookie Shakir, who did flash a couple really nice catches, I thought. He had one catch with a really nice, where he made a nice juke after. And then he had a toe tapper on the sideline. So I'm excited to see Shakir play, to be honest. I thought he should be playing over Crowder. He hasn't shown me anything. McKenzie is a, is a big loss. And I think that we're going to need him against Kansas City. Not necessarily in the Pittsburgh game, but, you know, I don't want to jinx things. But Pittsburgh's not exactly an offensive juggernaut. So... I don't think we're going to need that many points to win this game. But for sure against Kansas City, you want to be close to 100%. So hopefully we can rest some of these guys this week who need, you know, who are injured and then they can come back strong against Kansas City. But I know you're excited that we might get to see Isaiah Hodgins play. Let's see what he's got. Now this is, I think, his third year in the, in, in the league. He hasn't really gotten any opportunities. So... With all these injuries, I think he's finally going to get one. Let's see what he has. Yep. My boy, Isaiah Hodgins, finally getting his opportunity. I'm itching to watch him play. For those of you who are new to the show, I am a huge Isaiah Hodgins fan. I think he's got great potential. I think he has like Gabe Davis type potential. I think that he's one of those guys that for whatever reason, well, there's two reasons. One, I don't think the coaching staff loves him for whatever reason. There's something that they don't love. And number two, the Bills have a great receiving core. It's a very hard receiving core to crack. But with a lot of injuries, he's getting his opportunity. And this is it. I mean, you're only going to get so many opportunities. Khalil Shakir got a good opportunity last week. He made some really nice plays. They were big plays. They were nice plays. They were important plays. He didn't look nervous for, for the situation. He looked like he's good with anything, and that's important. And I'm hopeful that we see that from Isaiah Hodgins for 
no reason other than we need the depth. Whether Isaiah Hodgins looks amazing, we need to at least see that he can be a legitimate NFL option. That if we're out, guys, that he can step in. He does bring something unique that we don't have a lot of, which is size and physicality. We really don't have that. Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis, who's obviously, like Kevin said, he's been weak already. It's not entirely his fault. He's injured. We don't really have any tough receivers. So maybe Hodgins can be that for us because that's something that we are certainly missing. Now, coming into this game, let's talk about the keys of the game. Basically, I, I, I got three things here. Keep it real simple. Limit mistakes. Limit your turnovers. And take over early in the game. I think that if you take over early, I think Pittsburgh is going to be basically shit out of luck. I don't think they're going to come back in this game. You already said it, Kev. They're not an offensive juggernaut. They're, they're actually horrible offensively. And if you put the pressure on them early on, you cannot have a start the way you had with the Ravens. You can't continue to let teams hang around because sooner or later, you're going to lose. So what happened with the Dolphins? We almost gave it away with the Ravens. Like, let's not forget that. I'm happy we won, but let's not forget that we, we could have easily lost that game. I just, I don't want to see the Bills take the foot off the pedal. You need to get an early lead against the Steelers, and then I think they're finished. I don't think they will come back. Honestly, I don't see them coming back from a 10-point deficit. I don't even think that's a hot take. I think if the Bills can go up 10-0 in the first quarter, even in the first half, the game is done. Pittsburgh will not come back from that. The Bills' defense is good enough, and Pittsburgh's offense is bad enough. That I think that's, that's all you need, 10 points. 10 points is enough. And I think that that's the way you're going to beat them. I don't think they're a great team, and I think that's how you're going to beat them. But I also can't think you come into this game being so confident. You need to be realistic. You need to understand what the situation is. It's not an easy game. Like, no game is easy in the NFL. But, you know, Pittsburgh is probably as easy as it's going to get. Am I right? Just got to stop the run or pick it to throw. I guess Trubisky's already done. He looked pathetic. So we'll see what Pickett's got. You never know what you're going to get in a, in a rookie's first start. So that's my only concern, really, is that Pickett is somehow amazing and he takes this game over. But again, I think our, our defensive line can put a ton of pressure on him. And I think we can, like, he'll make one mistake and hopefully it'll just snowball and we'll really take it to them. So I don't have too much concerns. I think we're going to blast Pittsburgh as well. You said 10 points. I mean, I think we're going to score 30-plus points easily. TJ, they don't have TJ Watt. They don't have much of a team. They have zero offense. I don't see how we lose this game. But I guess you never know. I'm going to close out this episode with two things that I always say. One of them, which I forgot to say earlier on in the game, or earlier on in the episode, which is Bills win, Bills win, Bills win. Let's not forget that the Bills won. And they're now playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they should win this game. And then, of course, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a much more interesting game to talk about. I think I think there's a lot more at stake there. There's this sort of that revenge aspect as well. Let's not forget that. But we're going to end this episode. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. 
Of course, if you miss this episode live, you can still watch it right after. And then by tomorrow, we will be on demand. You can listen to us anywhere on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can also download their app, listen to live shows there. There's a whole slate of great shows on the network. So, gotta check it out. Let's end this on Go Bills. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.